You feel like growing your career? You feel like becoming an entrepreneur? Welcome to the Afro Talent Accelerator Podcast. I'm your host, Theofan Oronion Diva. In this podcast, we will dive deep into the world of lead successful Africans, where you will learn the tactics, strategies, and mindsets to grow and optimize your career. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the Afro Talent Accelerator Podcast. Today we have Kang Derek Kang a friend, a brother of mine, longtime friend on the show. Welcome, Kang. Thank you. Thank you, Steve, for having me. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah. So you are an experienced finance accountant professional with proven track record building financial models for a lot of companies all over the world. You carried out financial analysis. You took part in M&A transactions, corporate restructuring. Uh, you did a lot of company valuations. And this is just to name a few of what you have accomplished so far. You worked for well-known companies in the world, such as uh, EcoBank in Cameroon, More Audit SR in Luxembourg, and you are currently a, an auditing expert at a very, very big firm, one of the big fours in the consulting world, KPMG in Luxembourg. Did I get it correct? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I did. Oh, that's great. So that boils down to my first question. So um, why did you actually decide to get this shift, living in Cameroon and pursuing your career abroad, and namely in Luxembourg, where you actually find yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, anyway, thanks a lot again for having me. You actually nailed it down, like introduction, more like more, more than even, like, more than even. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. So um, actually, sincerely, I mean, I have a lot of, I really love my country. Um, I really love my country, but it's sad that it's sad seeing that many bright minds uh, like you and myself and many others whom I know um, who have left the country, particularly recently, um, to pursue for the further education or the professional career out of the country, be it not just within in, in Cameroon, uh, not just within Africa, but in Europe and America as well, and many other places, you know. But yeah, so. <clears throat> actually did leave um, given that I felt that I had more to give, which at the time um, I was unable to achieve, I was unable to get, uh, Cameroon wasn't really giving me what I actually wanted at the time. Uh, even though, yes, I had, um, at least at the time, I still had a good track record um, professionally, uh, working EcoBank on the investment side and actually working as a senior accountant for the holding firm as well in, in Cameroon. So um, that was really, that was very okay, but yet I was still not very happy, per se. Yeah, I wasn't it, all that happy. Yeah, exactly. But sorry uh, to interrupt you, but um, I just wanted to know, just kind of explain in detail for our listeners, when you say uh, Cameroon didn't give you at the time what you were looking for, what exactly were you looking for? Okay, good. So um, I was actually looking for... Uh, an environment where I'll actually fulfill what I have because I strongly believe personally, I believe I'm an intelligent guy. I believe that I have all the potentials needed, particularly for the for the professional world, uh, the resilience, uh, the smartness, um, the dedication, the loyalty, which is very, very important. So I strongly believe that I had all that, I had all that, but I was on exploiting it. Or um, if I may say, um, the positions which I which I found myself in did not really give me 
a chance or were underutilizing me, if I may say so, because I felt that I had a lot of potential, but I wasn't actually putting in all those potentials. So you actually mean, um, so, uh, so you actually mean uh, in, in, in Cameroon, in the professional context, the young talents are not actually given the full room in order to really uh, uh, bring in the value which they are actually worth? Is that what you're actually trying to say? Yeah, for the most part of it, uh, that's why you see many of many of our young talents actually leaving Cameroon for uh, for Europe, for the Americas, uh, and even uh, even Asia, particularly uh, China and Japan, and and now recent, most recently South Korea as well. So that's where I felt. Uh, that's where I saw it. Uh, but now we started, it doesn't mean that there aren't um, young guys in Cameroon who who are not who are doing who are not doing great or who are not um, progressing in their professional career. But if you look at it for the most part of it, most of those who are who are in, in such positions or who are actually given the opportunity to actually showcase what they have uh, in terms of knowledge and every other every other aspect freely without being uh, without being put under uh, under a shotgun or something like that, so, you know, uh, be probably from some political influence or probably from some other measure uh, which some other on the influence. Apart from that, there are other guys who are who are doing it, but in a very small proportion. Should be told, okay. there is a very small proportion. Yes, it also happens here that it's less and less more realized even, and many people may not even really take time to put their effort in wanting to get that or wanting to uh, go through some narratives because they want to achieve something. But they actually put in their all, and you have you have given the opportunity, the free will to actually showcase what you have and to to, to the world. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so um, kind of um, trying to explain to us why actually did you decide to uh, get into the financial world? You said you worked at EcoBank and you were in investment banking and now you're working as an auditor. So, um, you know, um, we know ourselves like a couple of years ago um, and um, I personally didn't really actually see this envy of uh, pursuing a career in the financial world. So what actually prompted you to like you know drive your attention into becoming a professional and expert in the financial world did you ever dreamed of being an auditor or what actually happened in your life which made you today to be where you are and doing what you're doing okay so you recall you and i were we're both in the minor seminary <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the great days exactly Exactly. So we were born in the minor seminary. Uh, at the time, I had my older brother, who he's now, um, he's now, he's now in the U.S. and also buying his trade in the finance world as well. So, um, I recall the speech he was doing at the time. He was in Lawrence and I was in Form Three. So he did he was doing A4. That's basically economics, geography, and math. Yeah. For um, our listeners, uh, sorry for our listeners, uh, A4 they are kind of combination of subjects. Which uh, in the system of uh, the Anglophone six uh, the system in Cameroon, uh, you can choose some subjects, and you know you have A four, you have uh, those are art subjects, art combinations, and you have science combinations S maybe one, S two, and so on. So, just for the sake of understanding, yeah, please go on. Yeah, great. So I at the time I was still like uh, I've not really seen what I actually wanted in life or what I actually wanted to do. So I did ask him that, okay, now you're doing this series, so what can you do in future apart from becoming a priest? 
so he told me um Dungan is in the university and do something related to finance. I said, hmm. I said, okay, good. That was very interesting. So from then on, I, I actually scale up my education or how I how I thought how the way I, I think think uh, about stuff and basically every other stuff. Um, towards that direction, becoming like a, a finance professional or something related to that. So that's when I actually built that, um, started conceiving that idea of one day becoming someone in the finance in the finance world. And it went through uh, when I had my advanced level certificate. I went to University of Boya, and uh, which I actually applied to do uh, accounting, which I was actually taking, and I did accounting. So my BSc was in accounting. By the time I was by the time I was leaving, I had a I that's when I started a bit of a job at EcoBank for the with the, the investment side. And I started doing the uh is the, the, the to become a chartered accountant under the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Nigeria. Cameroon also has the ask, which is called Oneka, but uh, I wasn't really interested in that because it was more Ohada, Ohada like which uh, order. Order basically is a system of um, law and accounting reporting basically in mm. uh, in the francophone countries in Africa, particularly in the Central African zone. So I wasn't really uh, moved with that part because it was a little bit limited. It, it kind of limited me because it was basically just within the the, the area. So I kind of wanted something which is well known and goes right a little bit further. So I can actually give, give me that that uh, background. Um, there were other alternatives like APCA that I wasn't so much interested in APCA at the time. So I chose uh, ICANN, given that it, it had more more or less almost the same components like like APCA. Slight differences regards to tax and the um, tax and um, and the law actually because we had to do business law. So this is those a few stuff which actually differentiated the ICANN to the APCA. So that's how I got into accounting or accounting and finance. That's great. And by the time, and by the time I was leaving EcoBank from the investment side, because EcoBank is divided into uh, three sections. We have the investment side, retail, and uh, So by the time I was leaving EcoBank, I was on the investment side, I actually took more interest into finance specialization, actually. Not wanting to do accounting, they say. But, by the time I left Ecobank, I, I became an accountant for a holding firm and a senior accountant for a holding firm. But I had to take that position because at the time it was kind of interesting because it was still like kind of related to finance. Uh, there's some other details, it's a little bit long, but it had some other stuff to do with finance. So I actually took, took the job and I worked there for about um, two years. Uh, I had, had a great team there. and but. I still had that urge to want to specialize on that finance. So that's when I had this opportunity in France on that cash business school, great school, uh, one of among the top 10 business schools in France, um, top professionals there, good lecturers. Uh, so I took the opportunity when he said. So time I, I took the opportunity, came to France, I, had, I was, um, I needed to do corporate finance, which is um, a division or I would say a specialization inside finance, because normally you have finance, and inside finance, it's breaking up into many other many other parts. So I took corporate finance, uh, which gets across many other stuff. And we didn't need as well as also accounting, even though not really much, but just basics at least, which I already had and some other parts. So in, in basically under the corporate finance, we had stuff like measures and acquisitions, uh, you had venture capital, uh, venture capitalism, uh, and so many other things which were which was really great for me. 
and we need to already broaden my knowledge. So that's how I got into it. Uh, I did my studies and I got my very first internship, which I got um, by the time I was finishing, I was running off my studies in France, was in Luxembourg. Um, for a uh, for an investment fund actually, OGE Investment. So, so they so, invest in pharmaceuticals, real estate. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for 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 interrupting you. So if 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 I understand it like uh, properly, that's more of the reason why you find yourself in Luxembourg today because of this first opportunity, this first yes, internship yes. after um your studies in France. And but now I I I really want us to you know now that you are at KPMG. Um, while, while I was doing some research uh, before preparing this uh, show, um, I read about that KPMG is one of the very, very big players in, 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 the, in the world of consulting. And you are actually holding an expert position at KPMG. First of all, respect, bravo. And can you kind of explain to us what exactly consists of your job? What are your daily uh, uh, duties? What exactly do you do when you get into the office in the mornings, on a Monday morning? Or the, I mean, just kind of walk us through a little bit of what exactly consists of being an expert auditor at KPMG. All right. So good. Yeah. So yeah, KPMG is among the, as call it, the big four uh, in terms of auditing, but there's also, there's also the big five as well. Uh, which is a little bit below, um, below below the big four, but it's it's actually separated in terms of um, the revenue per year. Um, so but before it was big, it was before it was the big five with uh, Otto Anderson. They had a very big program early in the early two thousands, which now became the big four. So yeah, KPMG is there are many sections within it, but just in the broader section, you have auditing, you have advisory, you have tax. Um, and then you have uh, consulting. I mean, say consulting, or probably put it under um, advisory, or maybe just group it under. But yes, so I'm actually under the auditing side, and under the auditing side, there are many other divisions within it. There's uh, auditing regards to real estate. There's auditing regards to um, uh, uh, tips, which is basically like uh, corporate. Uh, in fact, dealing with large corporates. Uh, there's also um, there's uh, there's there's real estate there's crop there's the ships there's the private equity there's also private asset management um particularly which that there's within that section as well there's also a section we have to do with German funds and there's also fund investment and there are a lot of stuff within the auditing side in the the, the adversaries are divided into many other stuff and then you have the consulting and all the other parts so I'm actually on the auditing side um and on that ships which we do audit uh particularly large corporates basically. Uh, companies like, uh, for example, RTL, um, which are under which are under section. There's also there's also auditing for banks as well. Um, so, but actually, audit, we actually audit, um, for example, like uh, Cargo Looks and uh, just RTL Group and so many other big firms, uh, even uh, uh, SFR, uh, which is under the RTL Group. So there are many there are many of those of course, firms which we actually look look into their their, their financials. So. A, a day in the life of uh, an auditor, if I may say, um, particularly on my own section, I'm not going to talk about the, uh, the other sections, but I'm talking about on my own section, particularly ships. Personally, what I, I always do is, uh, by the time I get into the office, I always take a, a cafe latte, yeah. a cup of cafe latte. Yes, I really, I really like it because it actually like, um, 
it helps to you know to freshen up the mind to free up the mind and analysis me as well so definitely the very first thing i'm looking at is my meals i always check my mailbox like okay so what is my manager saying today um i always check my planning as well because we everybody has a planning um as in what projects you're working on 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 uh in this period and some other kind of stuff that i also have to look at okay having the plans to to assist on maybe on another project within the week or in a few weeks time to come or something of that sort so these are the very first things i'm i'm i'm, I'm checking i'm doing uh, i always try to reach out to my senior or to my manager or whoever is in charge of the project that i'm doing during that week like to uh for the planning if it's on monday like the planning for the week uh or if it's on friday like to okay what are, what what are we going to be doing or what's the plan for the next week uh, and so i basically just try to do some recap of what we've done how far we've gone uh and what um what the way forward basically so like start middle end so okay. i do it basically every day yes okay. in order to uh you know, to follow that, okay, well, I'm actually, we're actually working towards the right direction of what is needed, uh, particularly from our manager or from our partner. So yes. that's basically it. And once I get that, okay, I know that, okay, I have to do this. I have to look at yeah, maybe some particular part of the financial statement of the, the, the so-called company that we're, we're working on or the project that we're working on. And yeah, so that's just basically what I do. Yeah. But just some other, some other thing. Um, I recall someone, my I recall my former lecturer in uh, in at Tech Business School. One 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 of the things he told me was, if you are being planned on many projects, it's a good sign. That means you are doing something which uh, people are seeing and they're actually liking it. So well, that's, I'm just throwing that up to your audience that okay, you should take note of some of those things. Yeah, that means yeah, that whenever they get into one of these companies or they should actually yeah. get their burst in order to get noticed yeah. by the managers and the seniors. Uh, I mean, that's a really, really nice advice. Thank you. Because there are some people, you know, I know it also from my own personal experience, you know, at times you have colleagues who just content themselves with what they are to do without necessarily wanting to help with other projects, you know, and mm -hmm. wanting also to help in other projects, you also learn new things, you know, you, you, you kind of yeah. develop your, 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 your field of expertise. But now, um, can you like kind of give us a concrete example? Uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, maybe go deep into the projects of your company. I don't know if uh, that's uh, um, like permitted, but can you like try to give us a broad example of, one of the projects in which maybe you have worked on or you're, you will be working on or generally how does how does it actually looks like when you're an auditor in a particular project what exactly uh in this project how you actually intervene and how you bring value uh i mean the the, the idea behind is to really try to understand for someone who really has a little knowledge about what is auditing to really understand okay what does an auditor do Okay, good. So thank you very much. So if I may say, usually, um, if I may summarize it basically, what auditors are looking at is in one is a company which has, which is, uh, or I may say, which is highly anyway, leveraging is so much. I think a company, a company that is very risky, 
it's very very dangerous and once once when we are when we are looking to the financial space of that company we pay so much attention into it and there are so many other things which come into play and particularly recently with uh, there are lots of regulations that we have to follow and and as well uh, the, the 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 russian ukraine war mm-hmm. so there are some of these oligarchs and so many so many other stuff with the consider mm-hmm. when doing auditing i may not really go into i may not really go into the specifics but um it's quite enormous actually there's so mm-hmm. many things that we actually go into uh, that we are looking at we are looking into we are looking at the rules uh the rules for example we're looking at uh, what the european central bank is saying we'll be okay. looking at what um the luxembourgish gap which is the luxembourgish uh, general accounting principles is saying we'll be looking at what the international standards of auditing is saying we'll be looking at what uh, international financial reporting systems uh, systems are saying um there's so many aspects that we consider when doing uh when doing and carrying out auditing for a company okay. So, yeah. yeah, so I mean, those showed out all day. Sorry, I mean, maybe it was a great yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you've helped a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I personally, I, I think that uh, that's also one of the reasons why uh, you guys probably have that huge salaries because you have a lot to do. We just mentioned a lot. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I but, mean, um, truly, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you that, I'll tell you that uh, our time schedules are really poor. <laughs> I tell you, I really poor. I'll not tell you a lie. Um, on, I'll not really say poor, but there's some you have by the time you're entering to the company or to the firm, there are some expectations that you are, you have to meet. You know, there are some expectations you have to meet. There are certain things that you have to attain per week or per month, or with regards to your goals or certain kind of things or achievements, what you wish, and probably what your manager is also hoping that you achieve. So. When they are looking at, so those things they'll definitely be in mind. Whatever thing you're doing, um, so you have to work really hard, have long working hours. Sincerely, long long working hours. I mean, con- when, when than, you talk about long working hours. hours, can you like be concrete a little bit? You know, because um, I take for, uh, uh, uh I mean, I, I I don't want to play the the devil here, advocate here, but. For someone who someone who is interested, you know, in pursuing a career just like yours in one of these big yeah. companies, you know, I think it's it will be good for the person to a little bit know what is uh, uh, he he has to expect. You know, when you talk about long working hours, are we talking about you know, basically for the listeners, um, they're a normal contract, uh, full time contract here in Europe in most uh, um, Western countries, it's a forty hours per week contract. Yeah. averagely so when you talk about long working hours how far does the extent goes uh you mean like working also weekends what how, how does it actually affect your work-life balance is there actually something like that how is the culture so can you like kind of give us a little bit more insights yeah. so you so yeah just like you said yes normally the the official working hours uh 40, 40 hours per, uh, per week but I'll not tell you a lie. I've never, since I got into TPMG, never ever worked anything less than 50 hours a week. Okay. Yeah. And that 50 hours, I'm, I'm trying to push it down, but <laughs> that's the least I could go. But I've never worked anything less than 50 hours a week. So you're looking at basically something like in the region of 
um, basically like nine, almost nine to nine every day, um, working. Like this weekend, actually work, and even after this call, I'm going to go back. So, okay. so there are certain things I have to do before before tomorrow. Tomorrow, so you're looking at, in fact, almost at least sixty hours a week. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we as, it to be more. As I said, you know, yeah, big, more, big posts, uh, big responsibilities also bring a lot of uh, a lot of money also. So yeah, um, yeah so you're working. You work more than sixty hours a week, and depending on the project as well, because there are certain projects where you could be there just you and your manager. That is, um, that is crazy. You will be there, and so you basically have to do. I mean, you want to get a manager to do something with you, so you'll be obliged to basically run the project, like turn around, turn around all this in of a large corporate alone. It's not easy. Simply. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I hope the listeners are also getting such insight. You know, everything is not just uh, rosy, rosy about. Um, no, 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 it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. But anyway, if you are at the end of the day, if you are a hard worker, if you are a hustler, if you are, a, you, you just give everything you, you you can give. You put in the work, and at the end of the day, you get the results. So, is there anything you will tell someone who um, wants to be? like you an auditor in one of these big firms big companies um to do or how is there a particular preparation i mean um you said you had to um, go to a, a business school in france and you got your opportunity for an internship in luxembourg do you think uh when you look back in your career if you have if you didn't take this step going to France, would you have been able to get the job from Cameroon, for example? Okay, good. So, now, just within that period that I traveled to France for studies, I actually applied to PPMG Cameroon and Deloitte Cameroon, actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, I applied to those two firms. I applied and I applied for I mean, I cannot count the amount of times which actually actually uh, deposited my applications to those two come to those two firms in Cameroon, and I had no favorable answer, unfortunately. And sincerely, it was the same thing when I came to France. It was the same thing when I came to France. Anyway, at the time, I was actually looking for an internship. But unfortunately, I don't know if I was fortunate or unfortunate, but I was unable to get any France for some reason. For some reason, I applied to to Luxembourg to KPMG Luxembourg. And I was taken. Truly, the certain things that, that I consider that maybe spurred my hiring manager actually want to take me. Um, firstly, the school which I went to, because no matter how we looked at it, in Italy, I don't know about the other, I don't know about Germany, but in between between France, Belgium, and Luxembourg, these three countries in particular, very. Most of the times, when a hiring manager wants to get somebody, one of the very first things they're looking at is the school in which you enter. That school more or less determines if you are if you are going to go to the next step at least. So, I would say my school is um it's a really good school, and as I said, I'm really proud of it. So just that the just the fact that my school is actually on my CV actually gave me, I can say, gave me an on a very good opportunity. That was one. Secondly, the program which I was actually carrying out, corporate finance, it's a very good program actually. 
and I encourage anyone to do it. It's a very good program, and it gets across so many stuff around the world, so many things. Okay. That's what that's the second. Um, thirdly, my professional experiences. My professional experiences get across so many other, so many other parts. Because before even coming to France, I had over, I had at least three years of working experience, at least. And working for an investment bank and being an accountant for, for, for a holding firm in Cameroon, more than two years. So you see, those things, and uh, sorry, and fourthly, language. Language is very, very important, particularly in Luxembourg. In Luxembourg, if you have to work in Luxembourg, you should be able to, to speak at least two languages. For the most part, there are people who... What are those languages? Are what, are the, what are those languages? Okay. You have, um, firstly, English. For the most, for the most part, even, even French companies, even normally French home-based companies who are found here in Luxembourg, the official language here is English. And if you are okay, for example, like KPMG, if you happen to look at the history of KPMG, KPMG is not an English company per se or English firm per se. You see, it's actually um, from Holland and similar stuff with other people who came to actually form uh, KPMG. Basically, a breakdown of a breakdown on, breakdown of names. So you look at okay, English you have to have at least an, a background in English, uh, German. Uh, and French. Those are the three. Those are the three priority languages. Actually, those three: English, okay. German. Uh, uh, with German, I'll put an asterisk on it because it's also Luxembourgish. Looking at Luxembourgish and German, they are very much alike. It's like uh, British English and American English. Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah, so... I don't. Know. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you get the point I'm trying to make. So yeah, I'm trying. They, they have, yeah, they have um, many, many things alike, uh, Luxembourgish and German. So that's why you see I'm putting an asterisk on, uh, okay. on German. Yeah, but any of them is good for you. It's good yeah. for you and yeah, got it. for any, any manager yeah. I want to get to. Got it. So I, I just want to be conscious about the time here. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I got the, the point of the language. So um, before we actually part, is there anything you regret in your journey or you think you would have done differently? And if with the experience you have today, which you think maybe you would have tackled the situations kind of differently? Sincerely, um, I can't really say, sincerely, I don't really have time for you guys, actually. I don't really have time for regret because I want to I want to believe that if something whatever thing happened in the past, it was an eye opener for me and it actually pushed me to work harder. Okay. Because I feel that if it may be those things that came to mind or those things that came across me and actually took them, maybe, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. Maybe. Sincerely, I haven't reached where I actually want to be. I don't. I don't think I've actually uh, achieved what I actually want in life, uh, professionally, where I want to be. Because I still, I still believe there are lots of things which I, I have to achieve. But I so mean, far, you have, a, you have really a very, very young career. You're still at the very beginning. Yes. And yes. So, I mean, we. Yeah. The the my personal wish is that uh, you grow and grow, and why not? Maybe by our next, uh, 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 the next time you, you visit our show, you are the manager uh, <laughs> of your department. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but, 
But uh, uh, calm, calm, before we just uh, separate, as I said, uh, we just want to be conscious about the time here. Um, what is um, a resource, a book, uh, any kind of resource which you think maybe you would have read or you you, you have or in your bookshelf which you think you could, could actually help some other person listening to this, uh, to your story, to kind of empower him maybe mindset-wise or just to, you know, uh, grow his or her career? Okay. Um, I'll be sincere with you. Personally, I'm not, I don't really like this, uh, reading books as a truth, but, but, calm down. I, YouTube, YouTube has actually been my teacher from the very first day since way back in Cameroon and right up to get. Okay. Basically, like more than 70% of the things I know today is due to YouTube. Okay. There are lots of materials there hundreds, millions of materials on YouTube that you can use to your greatest advantage. Exactly. Basically everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, open source. So I I went studying I from when I was doing my master's basically, whatever I think the teacher teaches in class, I'll take that, I'll go and I do my research on YouTube, look watch watch videos, uh, find out how it's been done. And uh, so basically that was what that was what I was doing. So okay. I was I wasn't really right. reading books per se, but I was always, always on YouTube because I preferred learning through YouTube or like through seeing something or watching uh, action, if I may say. So okay. because me reading right. would be very easy for me to forget, but seeing actually seeing something would be easier for me to retain. So that's one of the great greatest things that I'll try I'll strongly advise people to use. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. So, I mean you are everybody should just know how he's he or she uh, uh um takes you know you are more the person who likes maybe action so you better learn when you have somebody uh, um in front of you in the form of a video format yeah we got it so um really like being conscious of the time now um tell us in one or two sentences maximum where can people uh, go to know more about you how can people get to uh, contact you yeah sure um so basically um i'm on basically all, all the social media platforms even though I'm not very um, very active on those on, on those platforms, but particularly I'm very active, very active on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, if you can easily find me on LinkedIn, you can easily send me a message and definitely I'll reply to you as soon as I as soon as I can. Uh, LinkedIn Kangerik, basically K-A-N-G-D-E-R-I-C-K. Yeah, we will uh, link we will link uh, uh your LinkedIn account in the show notes and the listeners, yeah. you know, you can actually get to Kang, um, maybe write him a message and send him a, a yeah. connection request. And please yeah. don't so, forget to always like give the reason or where you actually heard about him. So thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you for 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 having you here on the show and for all the good advice which you actually shared with us we wish you the afro talent accelerator platform we wish you the best in your career and yeah thank you very much for being here thank you thank you great i'm, I'm really honored to be on your, on your show today i'm really happy thank you thank you very much and i wish every other person the best yeah that was it thank you very much and that was it for today and have a great day bye thank you